This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Everyone, welcome back to the Top Rope Nation on this chilly February night as we try to get you ready for this Sunday's WWE Elimination Chamber pay-per-view event. Uh, my name is Ryan Drosty, and I am joined here by Justin and Kyle as we get you ready for the pay-per-view, possibly get you ready to win some money, but uh, more on that oh. here in just a second. We'll tell you how you can make some money off of uh, the Elimination Chamber on Sunday night. Play along with us right there at home during the pay-per-view, but uh Honestly, guys, before we get to that, maybe I was a little easy on the weather because it's a little more than chilly out here, at least here in the upper Midwest in Iowa, Justin. It's more of a, I don't know, freaking hellscape outside. How's it going across town, Justin? Yeah, it's been brutal. I, I've I've only had to shovel for about two hours this week, so I guess that's a little bit better than last week. But yeah, it's just brutal. Yeah. The, air, the air hurts your face. Yeah, it's, man, I'm living like on the edge of town now and the wind is crazy over here. We gusts like 40 miles per hour last night. Had my whole driveway all cleared out. I get up this morning. I'm not kidding you. The snow is drifted on my sidewalk six feet tall. And is I know by like the edge of town, by the way. Yes, <laughs> the boss. That is the best Bruce Springsteen album, Dark Inside the Edge of Town. Yeah, sometimes it's pretty dark out I here. I like that tape. Good for you. That's a good, strong. <laughs> I love Bruce Springsteen, Dark on the Edge of Town. That is probably my favorite album. Easily, yeah, it's definitely my favorite Boss album, followed by Born to Run, I would have to say. But uh, it is pretty dark out here on the edge of town and very windy, as I said. And I know the city codes say you got to clean up your sidewalks in the winter, but I am not touching that six-foot drift. They're going to have to deal with it. So if I get fined, I get fined. Kyle, how are you doing? Sounds more like global cooling, am I right? Uh <laughs> I'm going to hold a snowball right here. How can there be global warming if it's snowing outside? I don't understand. I hope, that's, I hope everything you're saying is a come for us because it was, I mean, it was a little chilly, but I don't know. Took the daughter to the Natural History Museum today. Nice. And it wasn't, yeah, but it's not horrible here. You mean so. professional wrestling exhibits at that museum? Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> there should be. It's sad. It's bad, but it's also bad that I... You know, it's like letting her run. They have a playground there, like in yeah. the basement. And I was like letting her run around while I was checking Twitter for all the latest in wrestling news. And stuff. <laughs> while randomly looking up and screaming, don't do that. <laughs> follow him on Twitter, guys, at TRP Kyle. You can follow the show at Top Rope Nation. And for those of you that are just tuning in, you've got a lot of new listeners the last couple of weeks. Stick around with us. Subscribe on iTunes if you're watching here 
on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button. It helps out the show. Of course, leave us a review. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the air next week. We would appreciate that. And um, guys, when we get into the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view event preview, I did say our listeners could win some money. Check out WrestleRumble.com. They're partners of the show. $10 for an entry. I think on this one, you can win upwards of $500 if you predict the matches right. If you go ahead and predict how long the matches are going to be. They got all kinds of prop bets. Makes watching the pay-per-view a lot of fun. I know myself, Justin, and Kyle, every 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 week, every month, we love doing that contest with Wrestle Rumble, seeing if we can beat our listeners. Uh, I think one of us has actually won money on this before, if I'm not mistaken. Who was that, Kyle? Yeah, you finished two points ahead of me. Disgusting. <laughs> it's been a few months, though. I have not even come close to winning since then. Yeah, it shows what we know. Yeah, I think Kyle has placed at least since then and won some yeah. uh, MVP points. So, uh, yeah, check it out, Wrestle Rumble. Also, check out the Twitter account this week at Top Rope Nation. We will be giving away one free entry for one of our listeners. So, you can stay tuned on Twitter uh, heading into this weekend to see how you can enter for free. It's a $10 value. So, um, guys, before we get to the Elimination Chamber preview, there's some topics we wanted to touch on. I think, first of all, we got to talk about this Becky Lynch-Charlotte angle from Monday night in particular. Because overall, when I was following the show on Twitter, uh, speaking of Twitter, most of the comments were pretty negative about Raw. And I had a DVRing and I was like, I'm not really having a lot of motivation to watch this show. But the Becky-Charlotte stuff really got everyone talking. And I know Kyle... Mr. Kyle Ross in particular, had some strong feelings on what happened on Monday night because he hit me up with a text message the next morning that was pretty entertaining. So take it here, Kyle. What did you think of Monday night? I thought the angle was great. But the subsequent reaction from a large portion of the online community had me wondering if people have just lost their damn minds. And even remember what wrestling is. So let's rewind to last week. I said on this show, and I still feel this this way, it it honestly was a moot point whether they did Becky versus Ronda straight up or they made it a three-way with Charlotte. Because the end result is the same. We're getting what we want, people. Becky Lynch is going to win in the main event of WrestleMania. It's going to happen. But... (laughs) If you looked on Twitter, and at first I wouldn't have known because most of my feed, I feel like curated it pretty well, was just people mocking the terrible takes. But then I started like seeing seeing the retweeting coming in. You would have thought people forgot what a professional wrestling angle was. True. And I don't use the term embarrassing lightly, but I'll use it in this regard because you have all these people who think they're smart. You know, they read online. You know, they, they think they know what goes on behind the scenes. Yet, it was just so embarrassing. Like, do they even understand how wrestling works? Like, uh, I just don't, man. You know, J- J- like somebody tweeted JR. Uh, I just don't see how they get Becky back in that match. You know, they took her out with the suspension. Do you not think this Ric Flair birthday celebration they've been randomly promoting for the last three weeks <laughs> is going to turn into an angle with Becky Lynch? By the way, does WWE have the discipline, do we think, 
to hold Becky off TV all next week, meaning pay-per-view, Raw, and SmackDown, to really make that mean something. Because, right, she's obviously coming, interrupting that segment, and then that will lead to a match with Charlotte at Fastlane, which has been advertised locally here. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get into that, Kyle, for for those of you that didn't see it or don't know what what we're talking about, I would hope for the list to a podcast that they would have yeah. thing Well, on. summarize what what's the main argument here that people have with what they saw Monday night? What do you mean? What like, what's what? the problem? What's the problem okay. people have? With All right, it? so Charlotte gets put in the bench, and people are like, you know, th- no, this isn't like a heel. We get it, you know, because all right, let me back up. Charlotte is being. It, this is a very 2019 wrestling in a nutshell thing, right? Because Charlotte being put into the match is to draw more heat based on people who think, you know, WWE is going to like try to shoot, you know, shoehorn Charlotte or, you know, might have Charlotte win. That's a wrestling angle, folks. Like an angle by definition is the because people are like, oh, the promotion's just trolling us, man. They're fucking with the, their most loyal fans. An angle by definition is the promotion manipulating your emotions. That's what pro wrestling is. Yeah. So, and I want to go back to something Justin said last week because I think it's very instructive. Okay. Now, I disagreed with him to the degree which they could lose the crowd or there could be apathy, but he made a point and it was a good one. I think that if you just run Becky Ronda straight up, okay. And you don't do any of the Charlotte stuff. Okay. You've got seven weeks of television still until WrestleMania. What are people going to, people are going to get bored. You know, the thing that people say they want, how much do you want to bet that when WrestleMania comes around, the angle have already peaked weeks in advance, and they're going to be bored with it, and they're and they're going to think the results too predictable. So, in to me, you know, there's a lot of legit criticisms of the WWE. We'll get into them later on, perhaps some of them. But the WWE's kind of fucked if they do, fucked if they don't. Can they not even run angles anymore? Because the the stupid part of the fan base like gets offended at the idea of being manipulated, which is what wrestling is. You know, I mean, do people need their fucking handheld by the newsletters <laughs> to understand an angle? Like, it's embarrassing. Kyle like, Ross is fired up tonight. I'm loving this. It was an angle. Like, you're <laughs> supposed to be mad at Charlotte. Like, if you're mad, you're getting worse at Charlotte being thrown into the match. You're supposed they're doing that to get you mad. If you're getting mad, what they're doing is actually working. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is this is the entire story of pro wrestling, is it not? Like the cards being st- stacked against the babyface, and somehow the babyface prevails in the end. I just well, I didn't just think of this. I thought it was earlier week. One thing that's interesting is the inclusion with the inclusion of Charlotte. It's very clear that they're not going full on heel run. You know, from Vince's comments at the end of the show. Yeah, I mean, Ronda's going to kind of be like the tweener where she's got, you know, heat with both. And now that's the story. Because remember, I mean, going back, Charlotte being in this match does have storyline sense. It's not like they just pulled this out of left field. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, Ronda had the match at Survivor Series. Ronda cost Charlotte just like Becky in that TLC match against Asuka. You know, they had words. Uh, Charlotte and Becky obviously has been, you know, arguably like the hottest feud in the promotion since august since you know they kind of 
initially bungled that turn, but then they've got the pieces in, in the right place. And by the way, is Charlotte's character now? I mean, with that promo on SmackDown, which I thought was absolutely tremendous personally. Charlotte is ex- her character is exactly what it should be. Right now, yeah, we we talked about that on the show for a long, long time. That yes. Charlotte needed to be a hardcore heel. Yes, everything I believe we even went this far. I know I've said this before. Everything that the audience who thinks it's smart but isn't projects onto Roman Reigns is just as true about Charlotte, if not more so. So here's another thing with this dumb audience, okay? With the character they're presenting, Charlotte, like how Charlotte's being presented is exactly how you want Roman Reigns presented. Yeah. To your to your point, I think we did have an episode titled Charlotte Flair, also known as Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. A couple months ago. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, there is an argument still to be made, and I'm not going to dismiss it, that maybe it would be better just to beat Ronda one-on-one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the idea, if you want to, like, because there was a fascinating... Uh, it wasn't a debate because it's just one person brought it up at Alan Cheapshot, who puts a lot of good stuff on Twitter. He talked about taking Becky from being someone who's very, very over and making her into a draw. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, she's her access did well, but you know, a draw like you know, where her segments are consistently higher rated than everyone else's and stuff like that. And there maybe is something the fact that okay, if she beat Ronda straight up one on one, maybe that helps with that to a dwindling casual audience, but I don't know. Yeah, let's let's bring Justin join into this conversation. He's going to fall asleep over there. Justin, where are you at with uh, with Charlotte's inclusion in the match and everything that happened on Monday night? Um, I'm just I'm very angry that they inserted her in the match, and I'm concerned as to how they're going to get Becky back in it. <laughs> Justin join is the voice of the voiceless here on this podcast. Tonight. I just don't get it, man. How, how is she going to get back in? You know, I mean, she's suspended There's for no 60 way. days. There's no way. There's no way it's going to happen, guys. This is written in stone. Remember when Vince won the Royal Rumble in 1999, and, and Stone Cold <laughs> just never could find his way to get revenge on the rock man that, that sucked oh man <laughs> you know, I think, and, yeah go ahead i was gonna say somebody was because like all the um i don't know if it was just for clicks and this like you know right you're you're a little more versed in this than me probably but like people were writing these headlines becky lynch pulled from mania main event in favor of charlotte people like writing it like it was like a storyline as if it was like a news item yeah and, like, people were joking like if these sites were around in the year 2000 you know Big show will is set to main event WrestleMania against Triple H. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a weird balance with that. I will say, writing at comic book because you don't you want to you don't want to sound like you're writing in storyline mode, but like sometimes I don't know. You have to sell the storylines. It is this wrestling journalism. There's this kind of weird balance you have to strike. Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Right where it came off as real life. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I just want to ask Justin this, or you as well. If this is 20 years ago, it's absolutely going to be just Becky and Ronda in a one-on-one scenario because you don't have to deal with, you know, there's two pay-per-views between Rumble and Mania, which doesn't help and all this time, but, you know, and the crowd would be less, because with Ronda, the X Factor is what she's doing. You know, that, that was something, Justin, we all talked about last week, you know, Ronda, what, appears to be an impending leave of absence from the WWE kind of would only make a one-on-one result more inevitable mm-hmm. to the audience. And, and you risk maybe, you know, you risk that apathy. 
Yeah, Justin talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to me, like, Charlotte being included and the heat that it draws, like, to bring it full circle, is a very 2019 thing. When I talk about, you know, evaluating wrestling in the present day is really a lot different than 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. This is what I mean. Yeah, Justin, if Twitter had been around in, um, like, like, for example, when Vince won the Royal Rumble, do you think we would have had this same kind of outrage at the time? And the fact that we didn't have instantaneous Twitter at the time kind of masked the fact that wrestling fans have always been really stupid about this kind of thing? Or what do you think? I would have 100% been on Twitter complaining about Vince McMahon winning <laughs> the Royal Rumble. 100%. I would have been the mark there. Um, luckily, I've grown up. And I, I think part of this is people are just still scarred from... Uh, Daniel Bryan not you know being included in that Royal Rumble and their real concerns about him not getting to go to Mania and and now they they are legit legit just confused and scared of uh, WWE booking. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and that is again we go to two thousand. That's the fascinating thing because I have I've shot a few notes down. Can WWE run angles like that? I mean, they're going to, but. I'm fascinated. One of the things I'm fascinated about with this AEW is they seem to be a promotion that's very much into giving the fans what they want, right? But there's not any of that true. Like, people who want to think like Chris Jericho is doing this great heel work, like, wake up. You know, like somebody was writing, like Jay White. Maybe we'll touch on Jay White in a little bit. Your your new IWGP champion, the Knife Burger. Um, you know, oh, when White when he injures the knee, that's heel heat. Is it in 2019? Yeah. Or is it just like because, like to me, it's not real heel heat. It's fans appreciating. Like, you know, it's not like no one's like, ooh, that Jay White, I can't believe he did that to Tanahashi's knee. Ooh, you, I hope he gets it. No one says that, right? I mean, yeah. like, that, like wrestling, the way it works is it's heels are supposed to get you mad. It's the point now where, I, I mean, fuck, man, I would much rather sit in a crowd in 1986 Jim Crockett promotions than with some of these idiots on Twitter. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen the the Twitter takes in 1986 though, too. I think, I think a lot of this is just the platform of Twitter. People getting hot headed about stuff. Look, I'm guilty. I've, I've been known as Kyle has pointed out in our conversations to be a little emotional at times in the heat of the moment. (laughs) And I think just everyone getting emotional about wrestling. They put it out there on Twitter and then it just like, it's like a domino effect. And then everyone gets in this uproar and you can see what people are saying on Twitter versus in 1986, you have no idea what people are saying around the world until maybe in the newsletters, you know, a week later or whatever. But, uh, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was kind of silly to watch like you guys are saying, because this is pretty much pro wrestling one one what they're doing. And I don't really have any problem with what's going to happen. Meltzer and Alvarez. I mean, we're, we're the voice of reason for the WWE. When's the last time you could say that? Yeah. I mean, their, their board was filled with people that, I mean, <laughs> Did you subscribe to the Observer yesterday? I mean, do you not read what they? I mean, have you learned nothing? Yeah. I mean, the idea that they're not behind Becky is lunacy. She was on Raw and SmackDown last week in segments with the McMahon family. Mm-hmm. All three. 
By the way, I thought Vince was absolutely tremendous on Monday. What an absolute freaking dude. Vince McMahon still is. He's got it. I, I feel like Vince kind of seems like he doesn't want to be on TV when he's out there, honestly. Well, they say he doesn't, but like, yeah. I mean, like it comes across though in his character work. I feel like yeah, he's just like what? going through they the motions. He'll get to his point, and you can see, you can, you can see it. I think you know. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you Justin, did you have something you wanted to say a minute ago? I saw you raise the microphone down there here on YouTube. Yep, I I had a thought, and now it's kind of flared <laughs> oh, away. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to Elimination Chamber, a couple other topics we wanted to hit on. Um, Kyle mentioned Jay White a second ago. So Jay White is the new IWGP heavyweight champion, defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. And um, this gets into a kind of an interesting comparison, or not really a comparison, but um, parallel with AEW, because as we talked about last week, we got Kenny Omega and AEW now. However, Kenny Omega's AEW contract does allow him to work New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I thought was pretty interesting. Now, Kyle, you've been pretty vocal on the show here in the past that you're not a big fan of Jay White, you know, not a huge fan of his work. Um, do we think the only reason he won the title is he's kind of a stand-in for Kenny Omega now that Omega, you know, they, they're not going to put the IWGP heavyweight title back on Omega since he's with All Elite. He could work some shows here and there, but that's probably not going to be happening. So, is he just like, is he for them the new Kenny Omega? What, what did you think of that, Kyle? Yeah, according to Meltzer, he is. Yeah. He, he pretty much was, you know, it, you don't want to use, it wasn't a panic move, but it was, you know, they were blindsided somewhat by Omega leaving. And, you know, Tanahashi was obviously a stopgap. You know, as much as people love him and, and Okada, I, that just doesn't, that's not exciting for either of them to be champion right now. I just don't think, I mean, particularly Okada, you know, I mean, he just lost after that long run. Um, so I think they, I understand why they did it, but everything about Jay White screams replacement level. I mean, you guys are both baseball fans, right? It's not just that he's sort of like, you know, he's a foreign heel and, he, you know, he's quote unquote replacing Omega in that championship role. When he works, and this is kind of my issue with him, like, I feel he's just trying to like cosplay a in Okada Tanahashi match when he's in there with either of the two. Like I, I was not a big fan of either of those matches so far. I feel, and this is true for any main event wrestler. What is a Jay White match? You know, I don't think we know that. You know, I, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, this is this shit. The, the New Japan's done. Um, I'm not a fan of Jay White's in ring work, particularly, but that's not to say it can't work. I. I they had to go with something new. Um, now, obviously, there is someone on this roster who many would say <laughs> they bungled in 2018, and you know they couldn't go to him right now, and that's that's a damn shame. Yeah, Naito is who you're yes. referring to. Yes. yes. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I did want to say with all elite too. Uh, obviously we, I think two or three weeks ago, we talked about this in the show. All of us are big fans of what they're doing. We hope they're very successful because it makes wrestling a hell of a lot more exciting than it's been in a long time. If we do have a viable second promotion with a lot of money behind it, um, they had some success. Well, definitely had some success this week <laughs> selling yeah, out, uh, mildly. double or nothing. So they had uh, a pre-sale. I believe that was on Monday and Almost all the sh all of the tickets went in the pre-sale. Uh, there were a lot of people that had the vaunted pre-sale codes that uh, Dave Meltzer, Kyle's 
boy said mint there were so many pre-sale requests that damn this show could have done more people than every show in north america but wrestlemania which i think is a huge stretch i couldn't believe he said that but there were a lot of pre pre-sale requests out there which just means there's a lot of people yeah there's people thinking about thinking about um buying the tickets now it doesn't mean like everyone wanted to buy the tickets like for me me for example i signed up for a pre-sale because i was wondering maybe i'll go to it maybe i won't i ended up deciding not to go but i'm one of those people and a lot of people did that i'm sure you weren't the only person who contacted me that did that like i actually think it's kind of i don't want to say it's weird i hope that's not insulting to you but like um you know i would be like oh you know to me if you sign up for the code you're pretty serious but there were i had like another uh guy though that i went to mania with last year was like hey is anyone interested in this i have a pre-sale code so yeah. That's ten people down for Melter's attendance. Yeah, so they 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 help for every pre-sale. Don't I think according? Yeah, it doesn't mean all those people like his average was like every one of those people's buying three tickets or something. That was just insanity. That's not how it works. But there was a lot of demand. Uh, a lot of people thinking about going. Uh, they sold almost all those tickets on that pre-sale. They held back some tickets for the general on sale. I'm assuming because they had to. Um, and then the very limited i actually logged in on the on sale today to check it out and there was only a few sections that were even possible to buy that they had listed before they went on sale so very few tickets today and those all went within four minutes and they were gone so uh, i guess technically they can say they sold out in less than four minutes uh, most of them went in the pre-sale so they're going to have close to fifteen thousand fans at the mgm grand which is awesome now the true story for AEW will be can they do this on a consistent basis? Because right now you have limited shows. Everyone's jacked for them. A lot of demand for that one event. They start rolling out the weekly or semi-weekly events later this year. That'll be the true story when we see what kind of a, a draw the promotion is at that point, Kyle. And that's why I actually think, you know, I'll challenge Meltzer on this one. I think them running smaller buildings at first is actually a smart idea because it's going to keep the demand there. Because... Mm-hmm the people who didn't get in are going to still want to go. You know, I mean, if you ran some huge thing, let's say that, let's say they drew 40,000. Let's say Meltzer's right. Let's say they actually could draw 40,000 crowd. How many then of those people are going to be willing to come back the next time? There's probably a good amount, but it's, you're not going to get 40,000 again if everyone got in the mm-hmm. first time. It's it's kind of funny too because Dave was the guy that said they couldn't draw ten thousand and that's why they did all in and now he's he's reversed from they now, couldn't draw now, ten thousand now, now they can do ninety three thousand one hundred seventy four this is the, this is the WrestleMania promotion now so um, we will see what happens but um, I don't know if any of you guys have any my hat's off to him. yeah I, I'm obviously I'm a big fan of what they're doing I hope it's tremendously successful I'll be watching the show here at home for sure and uh, I would like to get to a all elite wrestling show at some point in the future when they when they run chicago the sears center again i would say very good chance that i i would try to go to that show justin would you be interested in heading to chicago with me absolutely yeah i think there was some i think i read something about maybe uh like the sequel to all in would for sure be there um in the fall so uh we will see but maybe we can have a top rope nation convention in chicago is kind of a, a good meeting spot for us that's true ohio iowa kind of right there in the middle so uh we'll stay tuned for that uh anything else we wanted to hit before we go into elimination chamber we should offer condolences to the family of pedro morales should we not yeah pedro morales wwe hall of famer 1995 he was inducted into the wwf hall of fame at the time well, I think what was... the third class 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Cause 93 of Andre was the first. And, uh, so yeah, definitely condolences to a, a legend. I've seen, you know, a few Pedro Morales matches in, in my life, but not a ton of them, but I have respect for what he did and kind of paving the way for the industry. And, uh, what, 76 years old, I believe I read. Yeah. So when Bruno passed, you know, we, I think it was, it's not even disputable that pre Hogan, most important guy, in the WW, then WF, three W's there. Pedro Morales is an argument for number two with Bob Backlund. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would agree. Um, Justin, any thoughts on Pedro Morales? Nope. Rest in peace. All right. Giving him the Undertaker treatment. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad taste. My, yeah. my bad. Yeah. No, but for sure. Rest in peace. Uh, a legend of the sport for sure. So um, let's get into this elimination chamber preview. Let's get the listeners ready again. You can win some cash on this show through our guys at WrestleRumble.com. And uh, we're just going to like we usually do with these pay-per-view preview shows, go through it match by match thoughts on the storylines leading up to the matches and uh, who's going to win. I'll just take it around the horn here. So um, usually these, these shows between the rumble and mania are kind of, Hit or miss. Sometimes they're pretty good. Other times they just feel like placeholder shows. Um, this one, I, I don't know. What is, what is your excitement level heading into the Elimination Chamber, Justin? Uh, pretty. I, I'm excited for the Elimination Chamber matches, but the other ones just feel like Raw and SmackDown matches, especially the Raw side matches are just meh. Mm-hmm. Kyle? Yeah, it's pretty low. Two chamber matches. Mm. Yeah, back not a fan. Just I talk now. I I think it just I don't. Two rumbles, two chamber matches, two money in the banks. It's just two hell in the cells. Now nah, you know. I just mm, I think it cheapens it. Yeah, I think every match should be an elimination chamber match. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I believe the lockdown is brought yes. <laughs> I believe this this will be the 25th and 26th uh elimination chamber matches in WWE history. And what is okay, I thought of this earlier. I'm glad you would say something like that because at one random part where I was pacing around my house this week, I thought of this as a question for the show. I would and love to be a fly on the wall when you're just pacing around thinking of this kind of stuff. Oof. It's a scary scene, man. What's the best chamber match? You know, like last year around this time, I tried watching a bunch of them, and God, did they all run together mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm not sure I could answer that. I mean, honestly, I like the first one. I knew you see, I knew you were saying it sort of sticks it's out. Fresh. Yeah. It was fresh. Michael's his only championship victory in his comeback between 02 no, and 2010. I, Although he wore the worst like, tights he yeah, ever wore. Yeah, I put that out on our Twitter page last night. My God, I don't know what those brown tights that were apparently unfinished he wore in that match. But no, it was it was so unique at the time. It was at Survivor Series, by the way. Elimination Chamber didn't become a standalone until like 2010, I believe, as its own pay-per-view. But you're yeah, right, they, Kyle. They all just kind of run together. Like I don't know money, what I could... It's like the Money in the Bank matches we talked yeah. about. And, um, I like the 05 one uh, from New Year's Revolution in Puerto Rico. Remember that? What a random pay-per-view that was where they were really kicking into that Triple H Batista storyline. I barely remember. You know, the thing I love about this podcast is you give me reason to go back and watch old matches every single week. You always throw out something like that that I have to turn on like after. I usually turn it on, honestly, 
when I'm editing the podcast for well, like the audio version that we put out on iTunes and everything, and then the video one here on YouTube, I'm I always want something on in the background, and it's almost every week some match that Kyle just randomly mentioned on the show. But since they, you know, like Hell in a Cell, too, since it became a pay per view where it's like, hey, it's Feb, you know, it's February, it's time for the Chamber, it's October, it's time for the Cell. They all just kind of run together. The one that Bray Wyatt won was good. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Was that two years ago? That's yeah. Yeah, that was the one I was gonna say, but then I, I second guessed if that's only because I, I liked the finish. Like I I couldn't really remember the rest of it. Yeah. You know, you know what wasn't good? Bray Wyatt's title run. Hmm. And the loss to Mr. Randall Orton. Yes. Okay. All right. I don't give a damn what either you say. The ending of SmackDown Live. No, I like that. February 12th, 2019, the year of our Lord. was absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. Did you guys anticipate that? Because I'm looking at the clock, and AJ and Kofi are still out there. I'm like, they're not going to have much time for this last. I'm like, oh, it's going to come out, hit an RKO out of nowhere and win. I was hoping he was going to do it to Kofi. Give me some money. But then again, you know, the, the folks on Twitter, what are you doing, man? You're burying Kofi. Oh my god, that was the Kofi Kingston show. They couldn't have hardly put him over any more strongly than they did. Well, not according to some of these jabrones. But, but you gotta leave these people wanting for something more. Like, I don't get what people don't know. So now you gotta wait to see Kofi and Orton for the chamber, right? Yeah. If you want to see those two go at it, wait for this Sunday. So no man. Apparently, <laughs> just gotta give the people right what they want when they want it. Now. Yeah, such thing as angles. Um, all right, so let's let's start off with what's surely going to be on the kickoff show, which again will probably be in the running for match of the night, and that's our cruiserweight championship match. So we got Buddy Murphy, uh, defending against Akira Tozawa, former champion himself. Um, Took what some do we think? Shots at Pac, by the way, on 205 Live this week. What's that? He, he kind of pot shot at you know, uh, Pac, and yep. he was one of the few people that, that beat him. Yeah, during so he, his run a couple yes, years ago. Re- yeah, that was referenced. So, yeah. yeah, that was what a beaut. So, um, I don't think so. I don't, I was doing some research. I don't believe, um, Tazawa's ever been beaten by Murphy in a one on one match. So, this it's it's in, it's interesting. I don't see them taking the title off of Buddy Murphy at this point, but it should be a really good match. Uh, Justin, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I I don't think it's time to take the title off of Buddy Murphy. I'd I'd wait to do something at WrestleMania. But I, my question to you guys is like, who? What two or three guys? Who's next in line for that title? That's a very good question. There is a dearth of contenders right now on Two Hundred Five Live. You know, with um, some guys get moved around. You know, Leo Rush. You know, his tweets makes you see, think that he's leaving the show entirely. Mustafa Ali, obviously. Uh, now on SmackDown, hmm. somebody brought the uh, the Death Valley Driver account tweeted this, and I completely agree that if, if there wasn't such a negative connotation to cruiserweight, Chad Gable would be a great fit in that oh, yeah. because he's never going to get seriously pushed on the main show. You know, he fits and. and he kind of gives you a there's a different presentation with him than a lot of the other guys. And I think Chad Gable, Buddy Murphy, obviously would be a banger. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Justin. That's a really good question. Um we know it's not gonna be Kenny Omega. 
Right, Kyle? <laughs> Would have been a great hand on the program. <laughs> um, I, I wanted, you know, selfishly, I kind of wanted him to do another match with uh, Humberto Carrillo. You know, I thought him and Murphy, that was a pretty good match, and I really like Humberto. But we're going with Tozawa, and Tozawa's not going to win. No, no. So we're all I in agreement. Can, uh, it's not it's not the least likely outcome to Zawa winning on this whole show, but it's it's up there. Yeah. All right. Icy title match. Handicap match. Uh, we've got Bobby Lashley defending with uh, Leo Rush at his side. Although if Leo Rush loses, he can lose the title for Bobby Lashley against your guy, Finn Balor, Mr. Joint. Is Finn Balor going to get it done, Justin? Uh First off, I would just like to say how much I hate handicap matches. I think I feel about handicap matches like a lot of people do about triple threats. Um, I just feel like if they're going to put the Intercontinental title on Finn, you wait and you do it at WrestleMania. So that's um, my question. Do you think they can draw it out that long? Because I was thinking that earlier today, too. And then I was kind of wondering if they could have him chasing for two months. What do you think? Oh, uh, no, I mean, like, you know, it's funny. A lot of people said that, you know, the WWE was burying Finn after he got beat by Lesnar at Royal Rumble. But man, I I think putting him into a feud with Bobby Lashley is much more of a bury. Yeah, well, I do think he'll be a good IC champion at some point. I don't know that the change is going to happen here. In fact, I would pick Bobby Lashley also. If this was... The final show before WrestleMania, I would say for sure Balor's going to win it at Mania. There's another pay per view on the way there. You guys, the answer's right there. Just say it. It's on the tip of your tongue. That he's going to win it at Fastlane? Yes. Okay. And then carry it into Mania. Yeah, because that match is actually, there is a Finn Bobby Latin. Again, these things change. But the um, local advertising here has already changed which makes me think that they do know the top three matches on that card. And for the record, people have not seen the local advertising. Um, it's, it's been shared online and circulated. Uh, it will be Becky and Charlotte, which will be either for the challenger spot or just for Becky to get re-added to the match, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an AJ, Brian, Samoa Joe triple threat advertised. And then Finn and Bobby the intercontinental title so there's only two possible outcomes to me in this this match here at chamber sunday what is lashley retains through various nefarious heel handicap ways you know where they use the two-on-one thing to their advantage which is i suppose good psychology or two would be finn pins leo rush to win the title i don't like the idea of the baby face pinning the heel manager no the intercontinental title um, so my guess is it's going to be heel shenanigans. Lashley retains here and then Finn wins it in a one-on-one environment at Fastlane. Do we all agree that Finn eventually is going to be the Intercontinental Champion? Yes. Yeah. I think he was made for it. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, for yeah. Sure. I mean, I've been saying that's a great spot for him and I think it will, but I mean like when I say he's eventually going to be the Intercontinental, I mean like by mania, like, right. Like this is the feud. I believe Finn Bash, Finn Bashley. Finn Balor will take the intercontinental title. Whether it's at this, whether it's Sunday or Fastlane, we shall see. But yeah, I guess my official pick is Lashley and Leo go over here. Same. Okay. Raw and women's. Wanted to bring one more thing up. Okay, go ahead. This is a philosophical. Meltzer was like, 
losing his mind that Leo Rush, who's a heel manager, was not working, you know, like J.J. Dillon used to in 1987. What did you guys think of like that Ballard Leo Rush match where Leo, Ra Leo Rush, like very much, you know, was working like a cruiserweight? Look good. Yeah. I thought that was a fun match, but like, did you guys have a problem with Leo Rush basically not wrestling like a traditional heel manager and kind of wrestling almost as if he perceived himself to be the equal of Finn Balor? No, I, I thought it was really good. And you can't, I mean, that's leo rush we've seen him in the ring before we know like the type of wrestler he is it'd be yeah. kind of weird if he just all of a sudden like you know, started working a limb or poking eyeballs or something yeah if he lost the ability to do like like all his high spots because he's on raw <laughs> <laughs> no i agree that's he has he has a history in the promotion so you can't ignore that so no i i had no problem with that at all um all right, Ronda Rousey defending against Ruby Riot. Obviously, this is a foregone conclusion on who's going to win. I don't think anyone's going to pick Ruby <laughs> Riot here, but uh, we can kind of talk about this from an angle of what are they going to do with Ruby in this match? You know, is she going to make it competitive? Because here's someone who I think we would all agree is incredibly talented. Uh, yep. The Riot squad has not been positioned too strongly in recent months, um, but there's been times where it looked like they were big fans of Ruby riot in particular. And this is a match where even though she's going to come up short, they can make her into a legitimate contender. You know, if she, if she pushes Ronda Rousey to the limit, I think that would be a good thing. Obviously she's not going to win. What do you think, Justin? No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think uh, she's going to get a good match out of this. And, you know, talking about you know ronda maybe taking a leave of absence it certainly feels that way with the way they're they seem to be cramming in all these i wouldn't say dream matches but matches you'd really want to see her have like you know sasha and then bailey and now ruby riot they're kind of knocking them all out of the park you know right now instead of waiting for any of them or building to a big match with any of them mm -hmm. go ahead kyle i feel that they should have waited to do this match at fast lane I feel like they've really done a disservice to Ruby Riot. Um, you know, an in-character tweet kind of hinted at that. Or maybe she was shooting. Maybe she really felt that way, you know, that she's really getting slighted, according to some people. Probably thought that. But, um, you know, like, I feel like the program just got started. Like, they didn't even really – there was a story to tell here. Even if, like, no one buys the notion of Ruby winning, you really could have, like, built up, you know, oh, Rhonda, you think you're going to be, you know, headline WrestleMania. Well, what about me? They didn't even do that. Like, they gave her, like, a win on Raw, Ruby, and that was basically it. I mean, you know, Rhonda's kind of been window dressing for the whole Becky thing that's gone on the last two weeks. You know, yeah. I, I feel that this match shouldn't actually be happening. This, you know, I, I don't, I, I, you know, because I don't know what you do with Rhonda at Fastlane then. You know, don't you think that, like, mm -hmm. man, just give it a couple weeks build and just do it at Fastlane instead? Yeah. I maybe they agree. looked at the maybe they looked at the card and felt they needed Ronda on it, but uh, I just feel it's a, it is kind of a disservice done to Ruby in this situation, and she has zero chance, less than zero. Chance. Yeah, <laughs> I alluded to it earlier that Tazawa was not you know the least likely winner. Uh, Ruby Ryan is the least likely winner. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, so. Let's now uh, go to Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin for one of the most meaningless matches of the night. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's invested in this one at this point. Braun Strowman just really is is not as special as he used to be, and uh, that they is unfortunate. Have, they should not have inserted him into that world title picture if he wasn't going to win it. We, 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 all three of us, and who was with us on the post show for Money in the Bank? 
I think it was just us three on that one. Well, wasn't I it? think wasn't our good friend Bill Matz from the City of Brotherly Love. I feel he was on that. He one. might have been. He was on one right around that time. We got to yeah. get Bill back on the show yeah, too. I by like, the way, Bill, if you're listening, what, what shout hockey out. analysis he gives? By the way, on Twitter. By the way, Broad Street Hockey. Check him yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, we were all in agreement, man. You know, Braun is someone who should exist. I, I mean, I've said this probably seventy-two times in the last six months. He should exist outside the world title picture. There was an argument that once Roman had to leave, Braun could have been a stopgap champion. Instead, they chose to beat him. He hasn't got that win back yet. I assume it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia against Brock Lesnar. I would hope he gets that win. Because at least then with Saudi Arabia, as disgusting as that whole situation is, at least they have the money to pay Brock to do a second job out the door. Um, But that's the issue with Braun to me, because you're right. He, he has cooled, and it's because they inserted him into a world title picture, and he did not win the title. Well, the, uh, the roots of this match... That's not good for a baby character. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, I mean, that's that's the roots of this match. You go back to Crown Jewel, where yeah. Corbin cost Strowman the match, and I guess this is your payoff. <laughs> you know, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it because Braun got injured shortly after that, and so now we're finally getting it. So. Didn't they kind of pay it off the TLC though? I mean, I know that they did that thing where like eight guys attacked Corbin because Braun was still hurt, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was like the handicap that, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Another handicap match, Justin's yeah. favorite. Yeah. To your point, I mean, there's a lot of match because this card was pretty thin going into this final week, this go home week. There's a lot of matches they could have added. This one would not have been high on my list. No. Personally, it just feels like we've seen it. Well, it made absolutely no sense for Corbin to get the win here. So I have to go with Strowman. I would say this is one's pretty close to a lock as well. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I I wish they would have held off on the uh, the revival title change and put that match uh, on the Elimination Chamber card. Although it may have not gotten enough time, and and that was just an incredible match on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah last to your point, Ryan, you you mentioned that people have been tweeting as Raw's kind of a. Sl- a slog, you know, more of a three-hour slog than usual. Um, the last half hour, or so, or forty minutes, was great with the tag title change and that closing angle, you know. And then mm-hmm. just if you take that part and put it into a two-hour raw instead of a three-hour raw, all of a sudden you've got a pretty damn good shot. Yeah, three-hour raws—they're not going away, but it's tough to make them good. Consistent. Yeah. So you're going with Braun too, I assume, Kyle. Yes. All right. Dear God, they can't. <laughs> God, we would hope so. All righty, so Miz and Shane and the Usos, the SmackDown tag titles. So I got to assume that they're going to plant the seeds for this Miz-Shane WrestleMania match most likely pretty soon. Um, they're going to drop the titles before Mania. Could be here fast lane. I think I'm going to go with the title switch right here with the Usos winning. Uh, I thought the Usos were really good on SmackDown this week. Again, as Kyle would say, one of the top 10 tag teams in, in WWE history. Maybe you would go top five. Oh, yeah, I'd go top five. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Usos winning the titles here, and we get kind of the start of the slow build towards Miz and Shane. Mr. Joint? Uh, I think they hold off for a little bit, build the togetherness just a little bit more before they do the breakup. So I'm going to go with the awkward pairing of McMiz. Okay, Kyle? Will we be able to bet on how many MMA moves Shane McMahon does in this match? <laughs> At least half his offense. Okay. Um, yeah, they're going to event. Miz and Shane are eventually going to break up. Man, 
this is not my deal, but people are into this, I feel. You know, I feel like I'm in the minority with this Miz Shane pairing. Like, it's just like, I don't like the Miz as a baby face. Like, I don't think he's effective in that, in that role. I just think he's such a natural heel, but people are into it. So, God bless him. Uh, isn't this match going to tell us perhaps a lot about the Usos' future? That is the story to me, mm -hmm. the story behind the scene, because they want to keep him. Oh, yeah. You probably put him over here, you know, because. What's the remember the Usos made a big thing, and you know, some people will roll their will raise their eyebrows with their Usos, with the teams ever, what have they done? And you know, they've only been on the WrestleMania card what once? You smell what the rock is cooking. That's the rock raising his eyebrows, yeah. holding up to the oh, camera there. There we go. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like to me, if you want to keep the Usos, you put the titles on them and you get them on that mania card. But if they lose here and they're like a non-factor at Mania, whew, let them AEW rumors begin. And you know, if if there is a little logic to the Usos leaving, if they, if there was somebody who it makes a lot of sense to leave the Usos, like where's the upward mobility really as a tag team for them? And man, we I think a lot of people could really find out how good they really are in the pantheon of WWE teams. Ironically, if they left WWE. And work the young bucks. I think people can appreciate a further appreciation for their WWE career if they left. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what? Who? Who'd you get for your winner then? You think they're going to do it here, Kyle? Not a lot of title change. I mean, we're obviously guaranteed one new champion in the, in the mm -hmm. women's chamber. But what do I want to pick here? Because I I don't know. I, I it's all about. Whether or not they're going to retain, like the company's going to retain the Usos, I feel. Um, if Miz and Shane don't drop it here, he, who would they drop it to? I mean, they could. I mean, we know when it could be Fastlane, but like, who's the other option that they could drop it to? I mean, I guess I see, I see nobody on I mean, that heel could, side. I mean, I guess it could be like anybody. It could still be the Usos just later on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it could just be in a rematch or something. Yeah. Like on Smack. Um, I mean, it's not like the. I want to say they're going to hold off. I'm with Justin. I'm with Justin. I think they're going to hold off on the turn and, and Miz and Shane will retain. All right. So, for the record, I think we've all said so far pretty much everyone retaining their titles. So I, yeah, I think I'll stick with this one. This being a title switch on this show, and this that will be the uh, the only title switch to to tell you where I'm going on on the later uh, main events. But we'll get to that here in just a second. But uh, let's go to the women's tag title, the the inaugural women's uh, of this era WWE tag team champions. Because I believe the WWF had women's tag team champions yeah. way back when. But uh, of the WWE Rumble era, their first women's tag champions. Yeah, Rumble Lady, or you can watch. Actually, there was a good. Madison Square Garden match between the Jumping Bob Angels and the Glamour Girls. Late 87, you can watch. Legit. It was good. They were doing power bombs, man. I remember talking about the Jumping Bomb Angels on this broadcast before, actually. There you go. Um, all right. So this one is a little more difficult to pick, I feel like. And I've kind of been going back and forth on this. I, I see three possible teams I could see winning it. Um, Same here. Yeah, everyone, everyone's picking Sasha and Bailey. It seems really obvious, so I'm not going to pick them. Um, Kyle, let me go to you first. What are your thoughts? Oh, on okay. You're going to 
Let's see. You're going to use me to maybe make your pick. So let's talk about Sasha. <laughs> Don't Bale. give yourself that much credit, my okay. friend. Let's talk about Sasha Bale because, yeah, I think the booking, regardless if they win, revolves around them because either they win here, which seems predictable, or you have them chase whoever wins. That was my thought. So of, of my third team that I thought I was possibly considering. I only got two. Mandy and Sonia. Okay. But the reason I'm not going to go with them is because then the titles are on the different show. And I do think that Sasha and, and Bailey are going to be a focus. So this is why I'm leaning towards the uh, team of Nia and Tim- Tamina right now with uh, Sasha and Bailey. Chasing. I agree with you. My God, what just happened? I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I dare David Vicks' best friend, Corey Graves, to say something. Uh, oh, I was wondering if that was going to come up. This is the first snook of a hold gold in the WWE. <laughs> I wonder if he's got the balls to say that. To me, that snook is very bad, by the way. I mean, I try to always look for yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of performers that aren't as bad as people think, but good Lord, to me, the snook is worse than people say. <laughs> she, she, she is the worst in-ring performer in this company. The reason I think I was thinking Mandy and Sonya, um, they're a good team. They get along well off air. They've got like a YouTube show they're doing together where they go to donut shops and stuff. WWE loves that kind of thing where they branch out outside of the TV shows. Obviously, we've talked about how they're really high in Mandy. It's pretty clear watching the shows. But um, yeah, I, if you're going to keep Sasha and Bailey in, in the mix, it's got to be a raw team. Justin? I actually thought my third team was the Iconics. I thought they actually had a chance. Um, but I, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Bailey and Sasha. It, it seems like there'd be a nice, um, I don't know if symmetry is the right word, but with the way the women's elimination chamber went when uh, Sasha kind of really turned on Bailey and that, you know, later on, this is where they really come together and become the first, which I think that's important too, the first women's tag team champions and i don't know if you want to tamina attached to that title you know that's a good point you, you know since they are establishing a first championship like do you want it to just to be someone who's just gonna lose it in six weeks maybe i mean there's i mean that's kind of the nature of all the tv right you maybe you just do that but um again you know if this was a different era i think sasha and bailey would be locks that you would want them as the first champion Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sticking with Naya and Tamina then, or are you switching? They're not on? like most girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sticking with them too. Okay. Split decision there. So let's go to the main event and see if we agree on this one. So, Kyle, you mentioned the triple threat with uh, AJ, Samoa Joe, and Brian being advertised for Fastlane. Could be a clue as to who's going to kind of be in the ending of this match. I just I could see a switch if it happened. I I think Samoa Joe, um, but I just think Brian is doing such good work now. He's got the new title belt. I just I can't see him switching the title right now. I'll, I'm I'm picking Daniel Bryan. Justin, totally agree with you that the work he's doing as a heel is tremendous. That that belt is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's eco friendly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it'd just be weird to switch now. I'd, I, I don't know. Nobody really intrigues me all that much outside of Kofi, and I don't see that happening. Okay, Mr. People Ross. are working themselves with that shoot, though. Once again, <laughs> he deserves uh, it. Yeah. 
look, I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but like I just think that like WrestleMania season is the wrong time to do a Kofi Kingston cup of coffee title run. I 100% agree with you. Part of the problem with this match is I have no idea where they're going at Mania with the SmackDown title. I actually think that hurts because, you know, they're, well, anything can happen, you know, people. So, but I, I just, you know, I, I reserve all judgments on the booking here until I have any inclination where they're going with this title. I mean, there's but, always that storyline with Joe and AJ. And if you did have Samoa Joe win the title... You know, you could have AJ chase into mania, especially if you're going to do something with Brian, like with John Cena, like we've talked about on this broadcast before but that Cena, Brian stuff isn't happening. I think Brian has to be in the title picture and you can't have a heel Daniel Bryan chasing into WrestleMania. It doesn't really make much sense. So I would think Brian carries it into mania at that point. Unless if he's out of the title picture, like Brian, like. You know, unless he's not in the title match, which like, I, which beyond him wrestling Cena, I just can't see happening. I, again, I get, so let's look at the six. Okay, Jeff Hardy zero chance of winning. Like he's got the least chance, right? I don't even yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Randy Orton. Here's the old. You know, this maybe isn't outdated. I think this is actually outdated. But you know, based on the fact that Orton went to over on SmackDown, I don't think he's winning. Joe, I've said it before. I think they view him as a utility player, not a champion. I don't think he's winning. So that leaves Brian, AJ, and Kofi. Kofi should be in this match for a while. They got him over on SmackDown. I don't think he should, but I just said I don't think I don't think now is the right time to do a cup of coffee run with him. Uh, go back to AJ? I don't know if that's very exciting. No, so I wouldn't like that either. I, I just kind of think it's Daniel Bryan by default here. And man, I would like some inclination of where we're going at Mania soon. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. I had to double check this. Would not be the first time Daniel Bryan retained his championship in an elimination chamber match. He did it in 2012 yes. when he was the world heavyweight champion. And we and all that, remember what happened at WrestleMania that year. So, yeah. So, I think, yeah. Are we all in agreement? Bryan's retaining then. I thought someone would go for a surprise here, but nobody. Everyone, Bryan. Okay. So there it is, elimination chamber. This Sunday on the award-winning WWE Network, guys. Check them, check them out at Wrestle Rumble. Win some cash off the show. Guys, do we miss anything you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? Get it all. Do you, do you guys know that the Scarecrow pulled a gun in Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the shadow thing or something no, going no, on in that's, the background? That's something else. Oh, no, that he, was like the dwarf supposedly hanging yeah, in the background, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, he legit pulled a, a revolver when they're going into the the scary forest thing. You get it all here on Top Rope Nation. Second Amendment. Even extends to us. <laughs> Kyle Ross's favorite amendment, number two, right there. Yeah, number two is right. <laughs> um, I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, and maybe it was the Corey Graves stuff. I can't remember, but uh, no. Corey, Corey Graves did not come off well on Twitter. Really hey. bad day. And, uh, and the next day. The next day he was still going after it. So I don't know. Some of these people just lay off. You know, interact like I get why like to interact like if you're the non-celebrity interacting with celebrities is cool, but man. If you're like the celebrity or pseudo celebrity or whatever, you gotta not interact. Unless if it's like just sending out positive vibes on Friday. You know, I mean. <laughs> 
you got to steer clear of that, Corey. Yeah. Could just rewind a few months, Kyle. You could have told him this face to face. He walked past that fine drinking establishment that us three were in down in that's the great right. state of Louisiana, that's WrestleMania right. weekend. This year I could hit him and say that was for Bix. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. All right, guys. Duncan's got his hand raised. I don't know if he's stretching or if he uh, you know, has a armpit issue or what's going on there. I've got Ooh. a question. We can just, oh, Justin. We can make this real quick. I just want to get your guys' opinion. Uh, if do you have any thoughts on Dean Ambrose coming out and saying "Slay the Beast" with a, an apparent baby face turn? Any thoughts on what's going on with him right now? Didn't he? So he's supposedly going off script. Is the last thing I heard. Yeah, that, yeah. That, he did not say word for word what they told him to. Yes. Yeah, is what the report was. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not reading too much into it at this point. Um, I do still think there's a chance they could convince him to stay. I don't think the announcement that he was leaving was a work like some people, but it is. Hey, it's it's keeping him interesting. That's for sure. It's funny because he became when he that was announced, he kind of became a baby face to the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The blurred. Well, the fans love that blurred line of reality stuff. So that's always going to draw him I, in. Do we all agree, though, that for Roll- the Rollins-Lesnar scenario at Mania, best possible ending, Rollins going over, Ambrose and Reigns coming out to celebrate with him. Oh, yeah. That and, there's would be awesome. and there's a shield. And, like, you know, it would be cool to see Reigns back, obviously. Maybe that's Ambrose's send-off. Well, the original plan for Mania was a, a shield match, right? Like a Reigns triple threat. Versus Ambrose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think that people like seeing the shield feud. It's failed twice. I that mean, history would show that they don't. You're right. I mean, that Ambrose heel turn bombed. I mean, I'm talking Hiroshima Nagasaki. Oh, okay? too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's been, I mean, it was bad. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. And why do they have EC? What, EC3 is a terrible baby face, by the way. What, you know, why? <laughs> am I wrong about that? Why? Does no, EC I just haven't been a fan of the face? way he, he's been portrayed. Like, he's good on the mic and he barely talks. Yeah. So the whole thing has just been strange. To All me. they have to do is like that, that screen pointing thing. That's kind of bad. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. Like, you know, his whole NXT running was pretty much a baby face. And I, I get that he kind of got the big reaction at first, but. You know, it's kind of like Bobby Roode, in a sense, with, with where Full Sail fucked it all up. You know, because they love that song so much, they you know they, they set it up where it's like, oh, everyone likes Bobby Roode. We'll make him a, a baby face on the main roster. Terrible. Bobby Roode's a horrible baby face. A good tag wrestler, though. I think you know him and Chad Gable. They did lose the titles, and I don't know if they were a, a great team necessarily i don't know if they had the chance to get over but i think they're both great tag wrestlers chad gable and bobby Roode. yeah yeah i would agree that i'd agree with that all right guys well if you're listening to this this episode's dropping a day earlier than usual because we normally record on thursday nights but that is valentine's day this week so us married men have to spend the night with our ladies doing whatever we're going to do that night but uh, uh, I'm eating we, lobster tomorrow. I can't wait. That's true. Uh, we almost did a double date, Justin and myself, but we had bought tickets to uh, differing events. But uh, after the date, I'm going to want to do the wild thing. You want lobster? Huh? I'm thinking Burger King. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man big plans at the ross household there love ice cube with all my heart and soul there. <laughs> um so what i was gonna say is if, we if you're listening shit, by the way i mean we got i mean this i use my parents too often this month to go out and they were like a fourth time in a week you need it so yeah babysitting yeah nice well if you're listening on thursday have a good Valentine's Day if you are listening this weekend. Again, try to beat us on Wrestle Rumble's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view contest. Win some cold hard cash. Get all the details at Top Rope Nation at WrestleRumble.com. We'll be talking with you guys next week with uh, episode 86. This has been episode 85 of Top, Top Rope Nation. I am Ryan Drosty for Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. Check you guys all out next week. Dude, you're all suspended for 60 days. Thank <laughs> you.